to stand up for you, the first to take your side. I was the first to sing your praises all the times you were denied. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Nipty Video Audio Practice Tips. Today, we're going to discuss some of the significant impact that the new discovery statutes have had on 3030 speedy trial calculations. So to begin with, under the new discovery statute, the defense is no longer required to supply a demand or make a motion for discovery. Now, the impact of this is under the old law, this time was excludable as motion practice time. But now, discovery being automatic, it no longer serves as a basis to stop the speedy trial clock. Secondly, unlike the old law, we are no longer permitted to announce our readiness at basically the initiation of a felony case upon the filing of the indictment. Now, the people are not permitted to announce their readiness until they have filed a valid certificate of compliance. Third, imagine that you request a two-week adjournment. And for the court's convenience and the court's scheduling purposes, they decide to adjourn the case for six weeks. Well, under the rules that only the time is charged to the people that they request comes into play when we've already announced our readiness. However, in situations where we have not announced our readiness, an adjournment that the court makes longer than what we requested is going to be charged to us. So it's very important that the sooner we can announce our readiness, the sooner we are going to be limited to charge time that we actually request. And based on the first two items, that announcement of readiness is not going to be nearly as easy as it had been in the past. With that in mind, what we need to determine is when can the people most appropriately at the earliest legitimate time announce their readiness. I want to start with one key point that defense will argue, and some have already argued, but which we think realistically is not accurate. And here's the point. You are not required to have delivered all discovery listed in 245.20 subdivision 1 in order to file a valid certificate of compliance and thus effectively announce your readiness. An examination of the 245 statute demonstrate it is full of sections that address the concept of an ongoing duty to supply discovery that it's anticipated. It's part of what the courts expect to happen, but what the legislature expects to happen, and that it does not mean that we are in an all or nothing position. That is, we have to give everything over that's in 245.20, or we can announce our readiness. Just a couple of examples in 245.50 subdivision one, it actually speaks of the people filing new certificates, additional certificates of compliance. 245.60 discusses our continuing duty to supply discovery. Again, anticipating that everything will not be had after 20 days or 35 days. 245.10 subdivision one mandates six different timeframes for discovery to be provided. And 245.20 subdivision one identifies six more extended timeframes for other discovery. So clearly, this demonstrates that it is not an all or nothing proposition. Uh, I hope you've all had a chance to see people be asking 
a Nassau County Court decision from April 28th of this year, excellently litigated by ADA's Barbara Kornblau and Arlene Markarian. In that case, the defense, among many other things, and that's why this is an excellent case to review because it covers so many topics, the defense argued that it's an all or nothing proposition. In the decision, the court wrote that the defense was arguing until and unless the people have every document that exists in a case in their possession, they should not file a certificate of compliance nor a statement of readiness. But the court disagreed with that and wrote, such a position is not reasonable and clearly not what the legislature intended. Now, let's identify first the time frames in which you need to operate for supplying this automatic discovery. You're required to perform your initial discovery obligations as soon as practical, but no more than the 20th day if the defendant is held in bail or the 35th day if the defendant's not in custody from the defendant's original arraignment. Now, despite diligent good faith efforts, if you're not able to supply the required discovery, and I emphasize required discovery, you are permitted to have an extra 30 days without having to make a motion. Now, the defense can challenge this, and the defense has, certainly in the early cases when the legislation first came into effect, there were a few cases where the people had filed a certificate of compliance and a statement of readiness. The defense challenged it, and the court's examination of the people's efforts was found by the court not to be sufficient to justify the filing of the certificate of compliance that the diligent good faith effort by the people to secure the discovery simply was not there. So we're in a position where the time frames actually, although they sound very demanding and so forth, they actually serve a purpose that in the long run, I believe assists us because what it does, it identifies a time, 20 days or 35 days initially, in which something must be done. In other words, you're going to either extend the time frame you need to get more known material, or you can file a certificate of compliance in which you identify the material you're turning over to the court and to the defense, and yet not have supplied everything. Not having this specific earmarked day might make things more difficult to just arbitrarily say, okay, I'm filing it even though I haven't supplied everything. These specific dates actually, as I said, I believe assists us in being able to file a valid certificate of compliance and statement of readiness in many cases at the 20th day. So what are the things that we must do in order to have supplied a correct certificate of compliance? Well, number one, we have to indicate to the court that after exercising due diligence and making reasonable inquiries to ascertain material and information subject to discovery, we have disclosed and made available all known material and information. Now, we supply the defense with a list of all the items that we have supplied. We start with the premise that we have a statute. It lists a large number of things, and we're going to indicate to the defense that we've exercised due diligent effort and we've made reasonable inquiries to ascertain this material and here is what we have. Now excluded or material that doesn't need to be turned over for the COC to still be valid includes the following material. Number one, if we feel there is material that needs to be held back as part of an order of protection pursuant to 24570, 
we can do that. And of course, the defense is notified and they have the opportunity to make a motion with the court to have us reveal this information. This could be motion practice time and this could wind up being time that's excluded. In the original statute, the statute spoke of exceptional circumstances that prevented us from having materials that we would be expected and required to turn over. With the amendment, it changed that. It lowered the standard to special circumstances in the instant case when the people are unable to obtain known material. They are permitted to file the COC and the statement of readiness without having to supply it in the first round. What's a good example of that? DNA testing is an obvious one. And actually there's a boatload of case law on this under 3034G, exceptional circumstances, where it was clear that as long as the people, again, diligently efforted getting this material tested by the limited resources of any particular laboratory, that would be excludable time under 4G. And the standard there is exceptional circumstances. We are now in a situation where the standard is lowered. It's special circumstances. In the statute, it actually also speaks of a court may deem the prosecution ready for trial pursuant to 3030 of this chapter. So in 245.50 subdivision three, they actually address 3030 in the context of discovery. And we can announce our readiness where despite diligent and good faith efforts, reasonable under the circumstances, material has been lost, destroyed, or otherwise unavailable pursuant to CPL 24581B. Now, interestingly, the sanctions for a failure under this section does not speak to negating the statement of readiness and the certificate of compliance. What it speaks to is sanctions under 24580. And none of the sanctions in 24580 speak to negating certificates of compliance. Very important point. Now, material not related to the subject matter of the case. There is material that we are required to give to the defense under 24520 subdivision 7, which speaks of our presumption of openness, meaning it's presumed that we're going to turn over anything that's even questionably subject to discovery. This is not the same necessarily as all the material under 24520 subdivision one. So based on that, identifying more significant, less significant subject matter of the case, not subject matter of the case, there may be material that you are obligated to turn over under that presumption of openness, but not under 24520 subdivision one, and which has been identified, therefore, as material that does not need to be turned over initially if you don't have it in order to file your COC. In fact, the case of people be asking that I've mentioned already discusses that specific point. Now, the good faith filing of the COC, whenever we are in a position, we are diligently acting in good faith and we file it, a sanction still may happen court may still find something wrong. But as we've said, the statutes reference 24580, and they do not reference negating SOR and COC. So in a nutshell, when you have acted in good faith, diligent effort, 
and you've used that secure material identified in 24520 subdivision one, and you can demonstrate special circumstances in the instant case as to why known material has not been acquired, delivered, or such potential discovery is lost, destroyed, otherwise unavailable, you are going to be in a position to legitimately file an SOR. And the sanctions for good faith delivery of discovery as governed by CPL 24580 and not negating your statement of readiness, your certificate of compliance. We hope this has been helpful and that you will continue to send us ideas and suggestions of areas and topics you'd like us to cover. Our best to all of you out there. Be well and stay ready, my friends. Once the music ended and the gloom started to descend.